Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Some point. I mean, I've just I've hit the record button, Jules Gill, and we're just going to make this work. So I well, don't, the thing, I don't uh, mind how we do it. We, we've got brand new assets, mate. It suddenly feels yeah. a bit too real and a bit too professional, and I'm pretty sure that the people can see us as well, which again is quite <laughs> unnerving. So I was no, just we, saying to you before we started, like if we're upping the side of the asset quality, maybe we should up ourselves as hosts. I mean, like well. it, we should do like sort of like. It's Scott and the Egg here in the morning on the Untitled <laughs> Banter Podcast. Podcast, podcast. The fried eggs in the morning. So we the should, um, we should, eggs. we should outline the fact that we've been doing the Untitled Podca- Pod- Untitled Banter Podcast. Not going to le- not going to remove anything from this. It's not going to be edited. It's, it's not a podcast. I've, been, I've not been working out. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the floppy egg cast. We've been doing this for a little while. And um, this is our tenth episode, eleventh episode. We started on audio only, and now we've broken through. And um, because this is the UBP. Which thanks to everybody for sending in their questions. Basically, if you're uh, starting on the video side of things, we do a weekly take trough of questions. People can send stuff over. We tend to ask for them on a Thursday. Check myself, Scott Tailford, or Mr. Jules Gill's Twitter feeds on a Thursday, um, asking whatever's on your mind, whatever's going on in the gaming industry, old school questions, food questions. Literally anything. Literally anything. (laughs) We rank some eggs. We've done that. And uh, we don't mind. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, we tend to wear a little bit of the dressing gowns because it started audio only. And then if you want to get a dressing gown, bring it on on a Friday. You know, this is just a Friday wind down thing. This is the thing. If people want to get involved with it, grab a cup of tea, become part of the gown gang, put on your dressing gown and just sit down and vibe with us straight into the weekend. Now, I don't know if I ever told you, this is not as barely relating to anything, but I don't know if I told you that I'm a registered dudist priest. I think I've told you this. Am I? (laughs) Not going to lie, Scott. When you said registered as the first, word i got is? very worried very quickly i was no. like oh well 10th and final episode is it mate <laughs> 20 okay. on a friday you you're a registered himself. priest in the dudism yeah so you know when the big lebowski obviously the yeah. big lebowski big legendary film there's an entire religion that came from that movie called dudism and you can i don't know if you can still do it but i did do it back when i was a student you can go online get yourself registered as a dudist priest and they send you a certificate which is what i am so i'm an ordained dudist priest if you want to get married mate you let me know but no surely it must it can't give you the power just to go around just going, boom, you're married. Like, I don't know. That, I don't have the materials anymore, but I was sent something. That's not a power that you should have because no. you will not wield it responsibly. I'm not worried wrong. now that you've technically married your wife way before she was actually ready to. You just go, <laughs> like, boom, we're married. And she's like, well, now we've got to make it official. Well, yeah, I mean, under the, the guise of dudism, the reason I brought that up is because part of dudism is obviously adhering to having a white Russian as often as possible, which is the ultimate dressing gown combo. And um, uh, so, you know, what the hell I've is got, that? I, I, 
it's it, it's it looks like slop it looks it looks pretty unappealing it? it's, it's a uh, peanut butter and berry smoothie that i made is that close enough to the to the white russian a, no but a, it, it a, a purple a, mess <laughs> it can be an entitled uh, banter podcast tradition that you just blend whatever the hell is in the room mate if that. we no, I'm not blending whatever hell the hell's in the room because that would lead me to go into the hospital more times than most. <laughs> but I'm thinking if we actually like lend into this mm-hmm. and got our own signature cocktail, there's got to oh. be something. If somebody can find well, a way of combining vinegar and eggs into a cocktail. Oh God. Well, we did that. There's the video of us drinking that. Oh God, that, was a, that was a punishment shandy. loss thing. Um, we, I will quickly say as, as a traditional food that goes alongside the UBP, it's your twisted Marmite and sweet chili madness mm. not going to hang on it mm. too long but if you mm. want culinary ideas and um, we can go with that one actual order of business though to get onto everybody's questions and um, this started over on twitter and it's sort of like it is a big old uh, debate because you're on the other side of the fence to me um, oh, is God, ssx3 versus ssx tricky um big doggo uh, swung in and said can confirm it's ssx tricky we had greg say look you guys spell ssx3 wrong as the best one dr fun stuff said tricky's great but ssx3 is superb and that's also not counting how good nba street volume 2 was phenomenal game nba street 2 but that's not the debate for right now ssx3 though you love it's the best one it's and the you're best wrong one. it's ssx tricky what <laughs> are you talking not, about I'm right, okay okay so i totally understand where you're coming from yes. with ssx tricky because of the fact that you look at it, it's over the top nature they pulled in a ton of really uh, like eccentric voiceover artists to come yep. and like come in and voice the characters really funny dialogue i like the sort of rival system that they built in it but ssx3 is that but more the whole living mountain thing that was like amazing. We could ride from the very top all the way to the bottom. The soundtrack was so good. EA was um was it DJ Atomica? <laughs> well, yeah, he was what a legend. <laughs> he was annoying as all hell, but you absolutely fall in love with him, especially when you realise that the um because you and I have ch- chatted about this before about the, how amazing the sound is, a sound design is in that. Oh game. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the fact it like, dips out when you're in the yeah. And when you go yeah. up into up the ramp, up into there, everything drops out, and then as soon as it you hit land again, Ooh. all the bass and all the drums come back in again. You're like, uh-huh. oh, this is so good. Thing is, I will I, mean, I will say that obviously Finger Eleven, there's that one song, uh, Good Time by Finger Eleven that I think is a phenomenal song. I just, mm-hmm. SSX for me, it's it, like you said, it's the over the top, it's the energy, it's the characters. And those voice actors, like SSX Tricky's versions of those characters for me are better than they are in three. Like Nick yeah, Malaparaman's okay. Moby, um, the dude that yeah. plays uh, Simon, and it's just all their oh. lines the guy who played simon uh, do you Uh, you know where he's from he uh, he, i think yeah he actually has like um a i I don't want to use the term if it's wrong or not pc nowadays but he has a sideshow which uh like he had it'd be like it was like a sideshow circus thing Mm -hmm. uh that was going on and um they got him in and he had he like brought with him there's like a documentary and he he brings in his mate he just like shoves a (laughs) nail through his face he's just kind of like you're not on video, mate. What, what, what are you doing? Well, he, like, he always said that he could. He got the Simon voice by putting like a spoon up his nose. And then he's like, it, yeah. and it's like, he figures it out. But I, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I get the tricky reuses a lot of SSX one's levels, but it's just that for me, the whole living mountain thing, I thought was a really cool idea, but it meant that a lot of the levels looked the same that you were rerunning those areas over and over again. And it's just, I, am, I like I the variety that's in tricky. I'm aghast and appalled. Look, to be fair, you are no, you are totally right. Um, the uh, focusing on like the tracks track layout from SX Tricky, mm. I would uh, I would agree with you saying that there are maybe three or four of like the all time greatest SSX levels are in Tricky or SSX One mm. that became versions in Tricky. Yeah, yeah, SX3 yeah. SX yeah. Three doesn't have like. Uh, 
consistency, but it has moments that are so brilliant that mm. they def- they are the defining point of that franchise. I do also love all the customization. Like the, the thing, it's mm. weird because I think it's a double-edged sword. Like on the one hand, I can make Moby, like Moby's my favorite. So I can make Moby like a 10 out of 10, all 10s on his stats and make him the best. But because everybody starts on the same, it's like one point for each stat thing. Yes. Then it doesn't, there's not as much character variation in the campaign mode unless you take them in the arcade thing. So it's like, I kind of miss that. I like the idea of, you know, picking like Eddie or Elise or Zoe because or whatever. They're and they're slightly all better at one different, thing than yeah, the other. Which it goes alongside the whole voice actor thing, the character side of it. Mm. Like just, I don't know. I think it's maybe, it's maybe a youth thing um, that I played it obviously when I was younger and I just adored that game, but it's just, it's the sound effects. It's the the whole sound footprint, audio footprint of that franchise. Like you give me Simon saying French toast and syrup and I'm right <laughs> back. Or like Eddie saying, you can see his house from here. And it's just, what? it's great. Wasn't uh, um, when he goes uh, when Simon goes up, he's like, "It's cold up here in the stratosphere." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like, Love oh it. man, it's so bad. I just give me an SSX like trilogy. I don't need a remake or whatever. Just give me access to those games again. That was the most infuriating thing about that SSX reboot that they did in mm. 2013, 14, whenever that was. Mm. Um, they brought it out and they like stressed that it was going to be like a return to form, that it was going to be like SSX Tricky or it was going to be like a ma- an amalgamation of SSX 3 and Tricky, mm-hmm. Living Mountain, but crazy over the top tricks. And what we got is we got a little bit of that, but then they got stuffed full of gimmicky things like the wingsuit and like the, the yeah. pickaxe stuff. And I'm just like, I don't need any of this. Strip it back. Don't add more stuff in. Totally. I thought, I mean, their version of Eddie as well was like a DLC only character and they made his I was hair all infuriated by that. It was just like, you, like I said, if SS, SSX to me is the characters and the energy and they removed all of that and they made it this mm. like more X Games type thing. And it just, yeah, the, the, the rewind mechanic that only rewound you, but everyone else kept going. So yeah, if you fell off the, the point? track, then. <laughs> like only you get hampered so it was just stupid not to worry next question from steve and um, because obviously the ssx debate is never going to be uh concluded we should put it to a vote everyone uh, should yes. vote just like S- um, somebody put a top comment of ssx tricky somebody else puts a ssx3 <laughs> and just keep voting up keep i'll voting do a poll up. i'll do a little poll on the yeah. community side of things and you can vote for one of the two i think i think People go with tricky, but you never know. I, t- I, t- I tell you what, we'll put it onto um, the because I meant to schedule a uh, community post for the yes. Sunday. Put it on Sunday. That'll be Sunday's question. Yes, yes, yes. Um, anyway, next question from Steve. With Resident Evil Village introducing the tall lady as an awesome new vampire character, what are your top three? <laughs> what are your top three video game vampires? Bonus question: uh, Can you name a vampire who enjoys being one more than Kane? Kane would be my number one anyway. I was disappointed. I thought that the question was going to go, can you name any other big beef boys? And I was just going to be like, Dojin the Giant, Dojin the Giant. Oh, but Dojin, if, oh, that's that's fan art waiting to be done. Like Dojin and Big Tall Lady from RE8. No, mate, um, the, the the shipping has already been done between her and King of the Cosmos from um, uh, Katamari. Katamari's massive. Yeah? Is he actually like, that big? I thought he was tiny. He, he's huge. The is prince he? is small. The prince is small. Oh, the king, right. yeah, the king yeah. of the cosmos is like, he's as big as the cosmos. He's as big as he wants to be. <laughs> Fair enough. I think, Plus, yeah. The- uh, you, you know, um, have you played the game? Uh, I can't remember which one it is on the PS2, but there's like a really obscure and pointless challenge where you got to collect a million roses by rolling oh, them all up. Katamari? Yeah. I actually would so, never play the very beginning of Katamari. Don't worry, because I'm about well, to just about to make it brilliant for you now. You spend like hours now rolling around these um, roses, and at the very end, the king just comes down and says, "Oh, well done, you've done it. Um, probably could have spent your time a bit better." And then there's there's no reward for it whatsoever. <laughs> so people have started drawing 
um, him presenting the roses to Big Tall Vampire Lady. It's so sweet. Oh, God. It's I mean, so that, that's sweet. like Animal Crossing Doom crossover, like the crossover <laughs> we didn't know that we needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of like um, video game vampires, my mind obviously would have gone to Kane, um, goes to Detlaf from Witcher. Um, and then after that, I'm a little bit more hard pressed, unless there's someone really obvious that I'm missing. I'm thinking that anyone from uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, yeah, like it's they're so over the top. You can't really choose a favorite because they're all just like incredibly campy. True. Speaking of that game, not related to anything at all. Well, it is. Okay. Um, I didn't know Vampire the Masquerade is in like a whole D and D sub franchise mm-hmm, fiction thing mm-hmm. with Werewolf the Apocalypse. That stupid yeah. werewolf game that I spent forty five pounds on. Carry on. I knew you had. I knew you bought <laughs> it. I saw that post come up and it said, "Should I buy this new, clearly six out of ten werewolf game?" Oh, it's like and a the, the choices were yes, no. You've bought it already, and it was just I. Knew that he'd immediately at that point, I hadn't bought it already, but I was planning on doing it as soon as I finished my shift. And yeah, when I got, I was like, I'm not going to not play this. It's a werewolf game and there's nothing <laughs> else to do right now. So like, whatever. And uh, yeah, that game's very bad. Wait. The combat's good, but everything else is terrible. Hold on. Spare with me two ticks, mate, because I'm I'm going over to the old... You're the vamp. The, I'm oh, going to the vamp from Metal Gear Solid, of course. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. He's like, he, he's not like a full proper vampire, but he's like a nanomachine power vampire. I'll take vamp. Okay, so, the, so we have also, uh, we've got... Uh, Infamous Festival or Blood yeah. apparently becomes a vampire in there. Kind of. Um, Legacy of Cain, lots of that. Uh, vampire there's, Rain, there's, there's Vampire a, Killer. There's a bit of a, a, a niche, a oh whole chasm <laughs> to fill. Blood Rain, yeah, Rain, of course, yeah, Rain. Oh, I even, no, honestly, no, honesty, honestly, Werewolf, Blood, Blood Rain 2 is, is good fun. It's a, it's a good it's a Right, good you have to qualify fun. that. You have to call it, it's good dot 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 you, fun well when i played werewolf the apocalypse that reminded me of blood rain 2 in a horrible way but also in a really fun way but in blood rain 2 you could like lasso dudes with thing and then throw them into stuff and it yeah. was fun um i have the all-time winner that everyone's Go just on. gonna berate us for forgetting straight away of course it's dracula from castlevania <laughs> <laughs> like, literally he's the biggest baddest mf out I there i think it's just the castlevania for me has is more of a netflix series than an active franchise right now like, as a game I... franchise like that that Sym- netflix Sym- fight- symphony of the night is is i just wrote about it for a previous right. article i i you know right people won't know this about us but in our work we have like a word count limit that we're meant to kind of hit for our entries and that you you should go around between like, like 180 yeah. 200 words depending mm-hmm. on how quickly you can read it out i wrote down my my love of castlevania symphony of the night look back at it 700 words i was like oh i've written an essay why have i written an essay on this like, <laughs> i think like yeah castlevania is obviously like like video game royalty um mm-hmm. but it's just like i said they haven't had a new installment that's been talked about in a while whereas nah, the netflix right. show is so good especially i love to see how tight season one is um if anyone who's a castlevania fan hasn't seen the netflix show of castlevania it's brilliant um, yes. And next question, though, from Jacob Wright. Um, he says, UBP, 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 UBP. He says, how are you, Legends? Thank you very much. Aww. Legendary and as returned to you. With the Mass Effect remaster coming in May, will you be choosing the same choices you made originally or will you be actively making new choices? Hashtag Team Tally. Right. Okay. He's actually just um, raised a very good point because mm. um, I have... Right, we, we spoke about this, you and I, a long time ago, off camera, obviously, because okay. it, it got too mushy. We talked about our first video game loves, our first <laughs> yes. video game crushes. In fact, we might have actually done a chat face we did on, a thing on it, yeah. Um, And I was just like, it's Tali, like, I absolutely love her. Like, it, right. she's so sweet. She's so reliable. She's such a valuable member of the party. And it's just like everything about her. I was just like making decisions that would benefit the relationship between me and her. Right. I know that when I come back and I play that again, that's going to be like coming back to an old love. You're not going to be able to resist it. <laughs> I will be trying. I'll be looking at like, 
like Miranda and I'll be like, oh, you're genetically perfect. Oh, <laughs> la dee da. Make me feel there's... bad about having a carb day. There, they, yeah, there comes a time in, a, in every boy's life or every sort of every person who thought Miranda was attractive where you have to realize the fact that you're being manipulated, that it is yeah. ridiculous. And there is more to a relationship than just like full on stonks. And I think that it needs to you know, <laughs> stonk <laughs> tail foot out again. I know. And uh, and so, yeah, I, for me, when I was younger, I obviously tried to date Ashley in Mass Effect 1 and then she disappears in Mass Effect 2. And then it was like, oh, foie, Miranda foie, and then went for her in Mass Effect 2. And then in Mass Effect 3, I don't even remember what happened in that game. So I'm for me, I'm looking forward to going back to this with all the DLC installed, stuff that I've bought separately anyway because it's me, but having all of it installed properly and doing a fresh new character with everything the way the devs intended, none of the EA separating all Javex over here and the Leviathans mm-hmm, over there mm-hmm. and whatever, and just play it through properly. So I think some of it will line up with what I did, but I also want to experiment or just see how it feels when all the DLC characters come in and all that kind of thing. So I think I- it'll be a new playthrough. I mean, it's been a long time since you mm. and I have actually played through this. So will we even remember all of the intricate choices that we've well, made? Probably not. Well, or I will you? funnily enough, when they announced this, um, I'm already going back through the trilogy anyway because oh, my wife go. hadn't played it. So I played Mass Effect 1 just last year and we're halfway through Mass Effect 2. So I'm going to end what up having... Game. I know, I know Mass Effect 2 holds up so well. Mass Effect 1 holds up really well, although the combat is bad. But um, dialogue-wise, character-wise, it, uh, character agency, it's all great. Um, I remember reading somewhere that um, uh, the animation um, of his of Shepard's walk cycle uh, looks <laughs> like he's trying to chew toffee with his bum, Love and it. I can't not notice it now because the way that he like wiggles, he saunters as he runs he's down. Just like, you in. He's, he's just like, getting he's like, in. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna go slay some vampires. Look at my juicy, <laughs> juicy rum. That seems to be one thing that they've changed with the the legendary edition because they've like given it the the new like, two and threes game engine combat yeah. engine movement engine is now in one, so he moves with that weird like bounce that he has in like two and three. <laughs> like or he's so have... happy to be going yeah, and killing so, aliens. Hey, just Here I go slaying again. <laughs> he's loving it, but. Uh, um, yeah, I'll make, make new choices. There is um, uh, also one big question that's raised mm-hmm. uh, from this, and that is, will the Legendary Edition come with the absolutely stonking multiplayer suite from Mass no, Effect 3? It will not. I can oh, they actually that right now. Well, they it's, said they won't. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Do you not watch What Culture Gaming, Jules Gill? I did a whole- it's too much content, mate. It. It's too much. I can't, I can't keep up. <laughs> no, we did. I uh, I sat in on a Bioware thing last week, and okay. I think it was last week, Times of Fat Circle. But um, yeah, they answered a bunch of questions. The, the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer is not part of it because they're focusing on single player. But Mac Walters said that if you want to play Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, the servers are still online, so you can go do that now. It's backwards compatible on Xbox uh, One. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, And fair uh, enough. Mass Effect Andromeda is still online as well if you want to go resurrect that tire fire. No, no, you, you could have... St- there was a sentence that you went too far there, I feel. <laughs> Just, just I got those multiplayer's all right, but um, oh, might be the only yeah, thing that's, that's oh, right yeah. in that game. Um, I was going to say as well, when you mentioned Tally, do you think in the Legendary Edition they will change her photo? Because oh, it was notoriously yeah, that it was stock just a, photo. Yeah. Um, if they do, it will be the talk of the internet. And if they don't, <laughs> it will be the talk of the internet. Yeah. I have no I, idea. I, I I don't know. Do you cast Tally at this point? Like, you, like they didn't. The face that, they, if no one knows, in Mass Effect Three, if you've uh, romanced Tally the entire trilogy and you make it so that she's the person that you settle down with at the end of that game, um, she reveals her face to you by way of she leaves and she leaves you a photo of her face. Um, which yeah, people, well, she does the classic thing of like she takes the mask off, but you, the player, don't see yes, it. But that's he what, sees, what I mean, they, sorry, they so see yeah. it. Sorry. 
So then, yeah, so you as the audience only get to see it through like photo form after mm. she's left, after you've gone off to the big mission. Um, but when you look at the photo, it, Bioware literally just took a stock image of a woman from like Google image and just put it in there, which was hilarious. And Bioware, Bioware just like, nah, no one will notice this. Uh, <laughs> no, no, one's, no one who's interested in sci-fi games uh, cares what? to look stuff up on the internet. Like, <laughs> what crunch conditions led to that? Where it's like, can we take a photo of anyone? anyone someone in the corner, we take a photo of them? No, you've got to use Google image right now. Perfect casting choice for her though. Go on. Uh, to complete my full unadulterated love for her, yes. make it Ashley Birch. If they do that, oh, that would be I, I, will, I will use the hole on that game for many different reasons. Use the hole? The little disc hole. Oh, God. <laughs> You've got access to the hole. Um, next question from Darren Martin. Podcaster Unreal Lads. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you. Hope you're all well. Same to you. What is the game coming this year that you're looking forward to the most? Absolutely none of them. I hate video <laughs> games. Hey, video. I'm leaving the channel. Uh, no, we heard. I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting now. I'm gonna go up into the, uh, into the uh, yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna holes. go up into the um, uh, into the mountains, live the life of a hermit. <laughs> I think my thing with these kind of questions is that I don't even really think that anything's coming this year. Like, I mean, like God of War seems. Like I'm it's bringing up the delayed. release schedule. Okay, like I have a, a little a bit of it in the top of my head. Like I'm looking forward to obviously Ratchet and Clank because I want to see stuff that's made for the PS5. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. see what that system mm-hmm. can do. Um, I, I guess I'm like curious what Gran Turismo is like because that was the first thing ever shown off on the PS5. Um, but for me personally, it would be God of War. I just don't trust that it's actually coming this year. But Sony won't say anything. I mean, it's it's Resident Evil Village. I mean, right. I guess like that's that's the one that I'm looking for. I'm just scrolling down here. Um, mm-hmm. I can't actually Deathloop. I'm excited about. Um, I, do, I, I, yeah. I think that that's got such an interesting uh, premise. And the more that I've seen of the gameplay, the more I'm like, how are they going to make this last like mm. a long time? I am um, curious about Halo. I don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I love, I love Halo with like all my heart. And it's like that I, I played back through the Master Chief collection and stuff. And I hope that Infinite can get somewhere close to Bungie's offering. I just don't, my gut says they won't nail it. But they've I love got, um, They've got Back for Blood, which is the Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. uh, spiritual successor. I'm very hyped about that. Oh, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. That, <laughs> like, I know that it's like there are all these big games here. Like, they'll pass me by, and I'll be like, oh yeah, big tall vampire lady, squish me under your heel, whatever. But when it comes down to the games that I'm like, mm, mm. rocking, rocking hard, I, it's got to be uh, Dark Tide. Any, okay. any, any mixture of Left 4 Dead with Warhammer mm-hmm. and guns. Yeah, so I'm done. Give, give him all the chainsaw guns. Or whatever yeah, yeah, they are. do it. It's the simple that, thing. Are, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, Resident Evil 8, like, obviously, I'm so, I'm still super curious what the difference between the now current gen version and the last gen version is. Because mm. I just, I just want stuff that shows off what I spent half a grand on. Yeah, not want... stuff that's like being anchored back by the yeah. previous uh, and generation. And it's like Cyberpunk sort of just, I'm, I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk being looking more gorgeous. Like, I still love that game, but I, I want to see that look better on new hardware, on newer hardware, get closer to the hallowed ground of the PC folk. Like they have stated I mean, IGN, they're putting out some big claims here saying that God of War Ragnarok's coming out this year. I mean, if it is, that's, that's got to be, a, that's got to be. The smoking gun with that is that on the last state of play and the small print at the bottom, every game that was shown, in, God of War was shown, but every game that was shown had a release date next to it or a month oh, okay. and God of War didn't. And it's just like, mm. I don't know. They don't seem to be committing, but they won't. They all, they also won't address any comments on it being delayed. So there is that. Anyway, next yeah, sure. question from Jamie: What is your most irrational fear? The sillier, the better. I'm assuming Rational. this is just across the board, not like a video game fear. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. I'll tell you what as well, um, another question from Ethan, who said, do the series Xbox Series X fan holes make you panic? I feel like at some point in the five to seven years of life, something's going to fall in it. I mean, I don't have one, so I don't have to live through no, that. No, but you know, uh, you know you've been around various it. holes in I've one place before. I've, I have indeed, mate. I've had, I've, that was my uni years. Um, but the, <laughs> uh, whenever I look at them, I do get sort of like, I, I, I've lived in enough uh, shared accommodations to know how filthy rooms can get. Yes. And I remember picking up a friend's PS2 once and like the back fan oh, was gunge. like cake. cake. <laughs> Skin cake. Like, yeah, oh, that's gross. But also a perfectly apt description of what it is. Now I'm imagining all of them holes just filled up with little skin cake, as you've said. Yeah, oh, just, absolutely you know, filth. Filthy. Bit of, uh, skin um, juice. So yeah, yeah. keep keep your uh, Xboxes clean, kids. <laughs> yeah, my um, irrational fear. I don't really have too much of one. I, I hate spiders. I'm, I've had to sort of, I, you know, over the years, you have to get used to dealing with them, and so I've had to like fight that. I used to hate moths. I don't know. I don't really have many irrational fears. I, uh, my, I, I have like, um, I guess it's more of an anxiety mm. than a, a fear um, of 
going into order something and getting the order totally wrong. Like, I don't know why. I don't trust myself <laughs> to order mean? stuff. Well, like fast food? Um, yeah, like, so, so I go up there and I go like, uh, in my mind, I'm like, I want a number five. 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 <laughs> Excuse me, sir, which one? A number seven. I'm like, you... <laughs> why did I say that? Like, like I, it's, it's almost like Tourette's in a sense that I'm just like, no, that is not what I oh, need. I'll tell you what. And I have to correct the order. And I had, to, I did happen once, right? I went in there, ordered something, and then she was like, took the order through, and then I was like, you know what? I'm really sorry. I don't want that. I, can I have can I have this <laughs> instead? She looked at me like, okay, like, yeah. why but did so you even times, bother saying anything? <laughs> so many times you go through that moment where you order something, you know your guts, your heart's not in it, and you don't say anything. I think you do that more when you're younger because you don't want to be a bother. And it's not that you want to be a full-on Karen, but at some point you should order the thing you want. So I think yeah, that's I know. Fine. Yeah, weird. I tell you what, it's I have weird. though. When you said about like uh, ordering the wrong thing or doing something wrong, like menial stuff, I always don't believe myself that I've locked my car. Oh, or the door gotta, like, and just check every time. time I have to go back out and go to the shops and I have to like go back to the door and make <laughs> just make just make sure and just bank that memory this time and make sure I've got no consciously record this brain you've done this um, and every time I come back in the house I think I've left the car and it's just I don't know what it is but I just it's like manual saves and quick saves I'm just sort of like my brain just does it but I <laughs> need to manually it. save it otherwise it's not going to work um, next question from Koot McGoot. Great name. Oh, hey, how's it going, mate? Koot McGoot, um, what's your most memorable gore moment in games? I have a one specifically for this, if you don't have something that comes to mind. So, so gore, as in G-O-R-E? Gore moment. Yeah, G-O-R-E. As in like just a, an uber-violent moment? Yeah, yeah. Well, see, my, because I guess you could have like a fatality or something. My mind went to, in God of War 2, um, there's a bit, I forget the name of the dude, that you jam into a door, but there's a guy that you, you know, he's Kratos, he has a bit of a problem with someone. Yeah. And uh, you beat this boss, and the way that you... Uh, beat him after you've defeated him is you just stick his head in a door and just smash him with a door <laughs> over and over again and, uh, and it's, mapped, it's so good it's mapped to like square or circle and you just mash the button and Kratos is just Aah! just hitting him with a door and uh, and I love that young young me watching the wrestling love that see I got the uh, one which had kind of really made my stomach churn and that was that um, GTA mission where you gotta like interrogate the, the man oh, God, before, the torture. and you use the torture yeah. bits I'm just kind of like okay the game's gonna cut away here it will like <laughs> it'll pan to the outside of the room we'll just hear the screams and it'll be like oh you're so edgy you did that and then you're watching him do it and you're like oh I did that I chose for this to happen do you wanna rotate the stick and pull his tooth yeah, out it's, it's, I don't I really that. don't I really don't but the game is not like <laughs> I was like oh okay ooh. it's uh, yeah I think the industry's moved away from more over the top core I kind of realised that playing werewolf apocalypse young earth oh, okay because if you when you slash dudes with the claws you can rip their heads off to get your energy back and everything and just just claret everywhere just like plumes of claret everywhere and i kind of that game is 2003 af anyway but it's just like that was i was just like oh this is like so what we would have thought was cool back in like the, the mid 2000s is it um, pure jank as well oh god oh my god well i did a little tweet comparing it to x2 wolverine's revenge and blood rain 2 like it's like it's the mesh of those two things um which makes it sound more lovable than it is those games were horrible to get through but yeah <laughs> fun at the time because we just put up with it um anyway next question from trevor rill um here's a fun conversation starter when did ea officially start losing its credibility and become the greedy company that we know today uh, we all know microtransactions and gambling slash loot box mechanics were in games years prior to battlefield 2 uh, battlefront 2 um, and then someone called Andrew Lloyd jumped in and said, well, EA back on the PS2 era used to put out a lot of great games. EA on the box used to mean something. Uh, Burnout 3, Battlefront, the original Battlefront 1 and 2, SSX Tricky, 007 Nightfire, Everything or Nothing, Lord of the Rings, Need mm -hmm. for Speed, uh, all the different Need for Speeds and Most Wanted. Whereas now EA only means microtransactions. 
Yeah, I think it's the moment that they decided to turn in themselves from uh, like a developer to a publisher to a, like a conglomerate. There's like a there's like mm. a three stage program where they were like grassroots. Let's build games. Let's give people experiences. Then they moved into like a very franchised. Every game had to like a, an annualized thing, and that limited their scope of creativity because they just drilled down into games that made them a lot of money. Yeah. And then they used that money to buy in other ideas. And the moment that they did that, they stopped becoming like a generator of new experiences and more like a consumer like an apex predator picking at the bones of other stuff mm -hmm. and once they kept on doing that more and more and more because i mean now uh, with the uh, code masters falling under their reign uh, as of like what yesterday two days ago yeah they, yeah, yeah. they have now got what is it like 10 10 or 12 studios something like that, that they've like eaten over the years that are part of the big ea blob yet they don't even allow them to make games half the time well it's the amount of it's studios mad. that they've they've bought up and then just rinsed and gone okay let, let's mm -hmm. exhaust this ip let's mine this franchise get the money out i did want to google this very quickly the the, the pivot for me and it's a brilliant video by skillup did a whole thing okay. about how uh, andrew wilson who's now their ceo or something he's the dude um that said hey look uh, football games should have um uh, blind boxes in them and he initially put them in the UEFA Champions League games back in, I think the original one was 2008, 2009's version. Um, and that's the thing, because it's like, you know, you can point out like, well, games had microtransactions beforehand, but they weren't anywhere near as aggressive as they would become after the blind box right. stuff started. And just sheer dev time turnaround or proof of concept stuff, um, you know, they were introduced at the very end of the 2000s. And then I think it took, I think with the turn of the new generation and with Andrew Wilson stuff taking off more and him getting more influence and he's higher in the company, he's like, well, everything should have this. And then, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's all that stuff. And they started just putting it in as many different titles as possible. And, well, we, you know. We saw um, uh, a similar thing happen with the Ubisoft uh, or Ubisoft, however you want to pronounce it, um, uh, <laughs> thing when Ultra. they had um, three or four people dictating 10 yes. franchises and all the franchises felt the same because it was only coming from those two or three people. Literally. And it is totally true that, as Scott said, when you have people rising up the ranks, they take their ideas with them, but mm. they're not adapting to the market. They're just telling the market what they are going to uh, mm. have, and they're going to love it. Like it's well, this, very it's, it's strange. Constant push and pull of you know you want to do a creative thing. Okay, well I need money to get that out there to a big audience, depending on what you're trying to put together. Um, and obviously. I would say across the last generation, the eighth generation, those the percentage of business mentality versus creative creative prioritization shifted so much more towards business. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. we can do, we can just mind this thing. We can release the same game engine. We can release the same set of mechanics because they're bankable and we're not chasing innovation or we're not chasing new genres anywhere near as much as we could be. It's very strange because if you look back at like the um, the history of cinema, um, mm. there was like this big boom period where uh, lots and lots of publishers, sorry, studios um, decided to make lots of, uh, not great films. They just gave them a little bit of cash as a startup. Mm. They said, as long as it makes a little bit of a profit, because we've spread it out so many across so many video, um, across so many films, if they all come back in, we'll make a ton of money. Yeah. And if a few of them are like fail, then it doesn't matter because mm -hmm. they're bolstered by the rest of them. EA have that approach to their video games now, but they've insisted that every single one of them is maximized for profit. Yeah. They will not accept a loss. And it's so strange because you see once great ideas be hampered by this homogeneity, uh, homogeneous uh, approach to monetization. And it's just like, if this was scaled back, 
this was actually this would actually sell better yeah and you probably would make more money they it's could do so a bizarre. burnout game they could do you know, they could yeah. go back they could do a, a quick small scale license game kind of like star wars squadrons kind of like jedi fall mm. order the stuff that they've started doing a lot more of but yeah i mean i think it's a whole it's a wider thing i think social media data plays into it a lot as well if i had to guess because they have so much more literal data to pull from where they're going well this mm-hmm. didn't sell people didn't even see this part of the story so why are we even developing it and yeah. so you lose that appeal of general fandoms latching onto fan moments story moments reveals plot twists whatever because they can just go well this bankable part is the gameplay mechanic let's just do as much of that as possible yeah we come back to that um uh quote by uh the guy from i think it was activision who just mm. said like look we're not making a call of duty campaign because this percentage of people never even got through it yeah and you're like I hate that you're right, but at the same time, you're you're restricting content from people because the major- like some people don't play it. And I was it's like, the, oh, like, yeah, right. it's just I think all those conversations are fascinating. Like the 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 clash of business and artistry, like it, it goes across the board, it's across every medium. And it's like, well, should should you bother quote unquote doing something if it's not going to make financial sense? And it's like, well, if if it's on the behalf of the person who wants to express something, then yes. But like the way that it's gone across the eighth gen is that all those stat crunching people can be like, your idea is literally not worth money, so we shouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, it, you know. it, it ignores the concepts of lost leaders about things that go out there for the benefit of the player, but not the benefit of the company. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing a severe lack of that. I mean, yeah. you could just take uh, the entire monetization practice of loot box, DLC, expansion packs, microtransactions, and just say this at one point in time was all unlockable content. Mm-hmm. This was something that rewarded the players for their hard graft. And now it's a case of it only rewards you if you're going to open up your wallets. And that's a real shame. It, like there, there was no, we've reiterated this point, maybe since you and I started working here and before, <laughs> and it is still as depressing then as it is now. So mm-hmm. I think you're just like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I I can always see the business reality of it. I get that if you just mine the living hell out of this set mm-hmm. of mechanics, some people will will keep putting money into it. And it's it's not like on the Activision side, it's not like Call of Duty isn't making billions. I mean, on, on EA side, FIFA is as well. And they very much, they just got out there saying that with the Codemasters acquisition, they're going to put live service elements into F1, Grid, uh, yeah. Dirt going forward. Uh, franchises that didn't have them before, even had Grid's director said he hated microtransactions, but he's just not in control of it anymore. So like, there's all that side of it. Um, um, I think it, it goes back and forward. I mean, people who are only in the gaming industry to make money are like, they are nece- they're necessary to a degree, but I yeah. think the more um, of that pie they eat up, the the more disappointing it is, especially um, when you compare to the boom period. Like you said, it's not like gaming hasn't had a boom period, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Well, the problem is, is that those people, like you said, they get so much of the pie that they become the dictators saying mm-hmm. what the size of the pie even is. Mm-hmm. So then you just go like, well, okay, well, we're just going to cater to your whims then. And you design an industry around the business rather than the business, the industry it's, around the player. It's interesting, like cyclically as well, because I think that a lot of those people who are a bit older grew up in the arcades or grew up seeing the arcade business model and thought, okay, you pay to play. Uh, why did we go through this entire, like from their point of view, this 90s, 2000s period where, oh, we gave a whole story for free, did we? Like, oh, we gave all these characters for free. The thing, I, the thing I hate about that, though, is we are still paying to play. We are buying yeah. the media. Why are you charging us more on top of it? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, man. Like, it's a whole the, thing. It is a whole thing. <laughs> um, one last question, which is a little bit more serious than the usual stuff, although same sure. vein of seriousness that we did. Okay. Um, from PG Quips, again, phenomenal oh, name. What a name. What a name, Mr. PG Quips. Um, do you think that game dev slash publisher should reveal how much money you'll have to spend to unlock everything in the game that they are selling you? Maybe a note in the description saying full content full content unlock 120 pounds for example um and then he just mm. randomly says best ea game was harry potter quidditch world cup which i mean you know fine <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. Just kind of like, it Letting feels you like, um, you know, when it's not like uh, they have that thing where it's like, they say, I yield the floor. It's one of those things where it's like the speaker <laughs> recognizes it. He comes up and he's like, big book. He comes down and like, reads all this book. And at the very end, he's like, and that's what I believe will help us solve all of this world crisis. By the way, Harry Potter, Quidditch World Cup was the best game ever. And he just like walks away, just like, <laughs> like just for anyone who could, like, it's, stunned, it's a, like, it's a valid strategy. Going? I haven't even played Harry Potter, Quidditch World Cup, but I can almost hear Rich scratching at the door trying <laughs> to tell like, about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the um, yeah the, the amount of the, the reason they don't do that is because I have to assume is because the amount of money it would take you to unlock everything is predicated on blind buy it's RNG it's uh, random mm-hmm. number generators um, I remember when everybody in the For Honor uh, community realized that it would be like thousands and thousands of pounds mm-hmm. or dollars to get all the unlocks in that game so I think that if you put that on the box people will run for the hills <sighs> Do you remember the um, bloody Apex Legends thing with the um, the crow cane or the raven thing where it's oh, like no. somebody was like, um, you've got to go through the battle pass. Then you've got to like get these. If you do that, you get access to these boxes and the boxes can only be bought with this premium currency that you can only get if you've completed the other thing. And right. so we found out it was like it was like three grand or something like that. If, if yeah. you were to like pay everything together, that's ridiculous. But then again, it's all... There's two ways of looking at it. You either say it's um, the monetary cost to unlock everything, as Scott would say, if you just bought it and got the item every single time, first time round, mm. or you go on the monetary value of what they think the in-game items are worth, as in like, because <laughs> like, the amount of like stuff, Evolve is the perfect example of this. Um, when that came out, they charged, I think it was £15 per yep. monster. That is excessive for just yeah. one character. That did not well, cost in, them that much to make that that one character. No. So why are we paying that? That's it's, it's setting the market price at a ridiculous level. And I think so, my thing yeah. is it's weird with stuff like that because, for example, not to out the man, but Josh. I know Josh Brown has spent a lot of money on his bullet tracers for Modern Warfare, and I know that they happen they happen to go for about sixteen pounds, which I couldn't believe. What? And, oh, I know it's a whole thing, but not, again, not to out the man. Could might that's, not even be him. Tough. Could be John Brown. No idea. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, but in regards to the idea of charging that much money for a bullet tracer, it's like, well, okay, if the overall game price is let's say fifty pounds, then over a fifth of that game price is worth that bullet tracer, which it clearly isn't. There's so yeah. much more to that game. So for me, that always throws me off where I'm like the percentage of the full price, if that equates the full product, then how could you possibly say that something as small as a bullet tracer is also worth over a fifth of the entire product? It's a weird way to phrase it, but like, yeah, I just think that when you start charging five pounds for a character skin or whatever, that yeah. that is so crazy if you just bought the whole game for 30 pounds or whatever. It's it's very bizarre. But I mean, I go going back to the question, Yes, I would love as much transparency as possible within uh, our video games. Unfortunately, I'm not actually sure if um, seeing that monetary figure would actually be beneficial. I don't think mm. it would put certain people off because it's relative. Like I, if I don't, I don't, for example, pay into loot box stuff. No, so no. it that monetary figure at the bottom actually doesn't matter to me because I pay the upfront cost and I will happily sit there and grind away at the pennies that they give me rather than ever give them extra money mm-hmm. that's just because i'm stubborn as hell but <laughs> like so that doesn't really give me an indication of the overall game but if that was figure was astronomically high say mm-hmm. it was in the thousands of pounds i might look at that and go oh i can see immediately that this has got like a, it's a pay-to-win game with freemium practices yeah i think that um the thing that i quite liked is that i think it was in belgium i think china have started to do it where they 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 um forced devs publishers marketing teams to devolve the drop rates so that you know just even if you don't know how much money an individual transaction is you know the likelihood of actually getting the thing that you want and i think that that for me is a decent enough middle ground um well i mean i would love full clarity i would love a, just a giant storefront if you're going to insist on microtransactions 
transactions, at least show me what I can buy mm-hmm. uh, rather than just spinning a roulette wheel and hoping for the best. Um, but yeah, I think that the whole conversation around this stuff, you would just, well, I was going to say you would assume would change this generation because some people on the Ubisoft side, for example, have been outed and some of those business practices mm-hmm. are being addressed. But there's also EA and Lootbox Wilson still doing his thing saying like, well, we're just going to put more of them in. The only thing, the only way that it will change is if people vote with their wallets. And unfortunately, mm. there's. I'm not saying that it's any fault of these people that do spend a lot of money on uh, loot boxes. It is a predatory and manipulative business practice that speaks to you in Can ways be. that you do not really understand. Like mm. most of the time, like um, as much as people like to think that they've got an active choice, it is very easy to be influenced and advertised to in your yep. own video games. So. Um, I try not to just go off the rails at people if they go, oh, I spent a thousand pounds on that because it's their choice at the end of the day. Yeah. And it is a real problem if it becomes like a spending addiction and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they need help with that. So you need to approach the situation with sympathy rather than, oh, you're stupid. I still, I like, there's also, I mean, I've got like game dev friends. I still like the, it's fascinating. I, I, the, the conversation around sustaining a, a pool of people who are still working on a title, who are still maintaining service, who are still like putting content out or whatever, they need money. So like, I get the, mm-hmm. like, there's, it's going to be um, necessary to have a, some version of microtransactions in there somewhere, but it's, it's all about fairness. It's all about how clear it is what you're buying, the reasons they're in there, the product, the um, budget of the production in the first place. There's just, there's, so many factors to it um but in regards to you know what a consumer's getting into something like this is would obviously be a, a worthwhile step i just yeah. don't think they would ever disclose hey the actual full amount is like fifty thousand pounds yeah because it makes them the, look stupid yeah it, and they would just be it would just um uh, raise the curse on how money grubbing some of the practices are well yeah using it. as soon as that starts to shift and you see almost like a wall street bets style thing of like enough mm-hmm. people on the on the bbc or whatever more stuff getting out there of how ridiculous it is then maybe you'll get another seismic shift kind of like battlefront 2 because mm-hmm. um, at least after that you then got jedi fallen order and squadrons and more considered things <laughs> yeah because our two EA apology like, games oh. yeah literally literally they literally feel like that um, and they're solid enough, but yeah. yeah. Um, for now, though, this has been the entire Banter podcast, the UPP, which is never really in sync, but we do what we can. We've got the gowns <laughs> on. We've got the, you know, we're drinking the tea. It, try uh, our best. it makes sense. May, may, may try our best. So, um, yeah, we'll be uh, back this time next week. Come find us on probably Thursday afternoon, UK time, um, mm-hmm. to find some sort of tweet you can send in your thoughts, your questions, whatever you'd like us to get to. And we'll catch you guys next week. For now, I've been Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Thanks for having me, mate. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.